Every single time Hunter wakes up from a nap these days, he's asking for a snack and it's usually a fruit snack. And I used to say heck no to all kinds of fruit snacks and goodies like that because I hated all of the artificial dyes, harmful ingredients, and the ridiculous amount of sugar that they have. And while I still am a big proponent in not having all of those things all the time, I find so much hope in knowing that Thrive Market has me covered and has Hunter covered for not just all of those sweet fun treats, but also other essentials while keeping him safe and healthy. And it's honestly become a fun little tradition for Michael and I to sit down and pick out our Thrive Market order. They're so amazing and such our go-to for delicious snacks and pantry essentials and so much more. Their app is so easy to use and everything is delivered to our doorstep in a matter of days, which drastically reduces my stress level because making time to go to the grocery store is my least favorite thing to do. Plus, I'm obsessed with their standards. They restrict literally 1,000 plus harmful ingredients and they only allow the most trusted ingredients for you. I mean, even last order, I saved $20 and got an incredible deal on the poppy probiotic sodas that I love. Plus, it's not just good for your family. When you join Thrive Market, they also gift a membership to a family in need, which is the greatest. So let's save time and money and shop Thrive Market today. Go to thrivemarket.com slash truthtalks for 30% off your first order. Plus, you get a $60 gift for free. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash truth talks. Thrivemarket.com slash truth talks. You're listening to Truth Talks with Tara. The purpose of this podcast is to help you know, love, and live God's word. My name is Tara and I'm your host slash new best friend. Each week, we'll dive into the depths of scripture together. We'll answer questions that we all have as believers, have hard but good conversations, unpack passages in the Bible, and have deep, encouraging conversations with some amazing guests. My prayer is that God would use this podcast to grow your love and knowledge of his word so that you can live for him more. Are you ready, friend? Let's get into it. Okay, who is excited for this episode just by seeing the title and seeing that word theology in it? I know I am, and I am pumped that we have our guest on today. We have the one and only Amy Gannett. I actually got to meet her in person. We were speaking at the same conference a few weeks ago. She recently released her own book called Fix Your Eyes, and it's a book about theology and doctrine and how knowing God influences the way we worship and love him. It breaks down so many complicated topics in an amazing way, and so Amy is not only a new author, but a mom, a business owner, and all the things. So today we're going to be talking about her new book, but specifically how we're all called to be theologians. It might sound like this big scary word that only pastors can be or teachers can be, but truly we're all called to know God's word and it's actually with practical and tangible tools and a love and interest in God's word, it is attainable for all of us. So make sure to tune into this episode. If you're encouraged, please make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes each Tuesday. Also share this to your Instagram stories, tag Tag me at Miss Tara Sun, tag Amy. We'll have all of the links and profiles linked in the description, but definitely make sure to share this message around. It would mean so much to me. And I love getting to share God's message with you and partner hand in hand in that way. So thank you. Now let's get into the message. I can't wait. Here we go.
Hello, hello, friends. As I mentioned just moments before, we are graced with the presence of the amazing Amy Gannett here on the show. I had the pleasure of meeting her just a couple weeks ago in person at a conference that we were both speaking at. So it's way fun to be able to sit down with her again and have her on the show and talk about something very exciting that has also been out in the world for a little bit now. So Amy, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. I know we just chatted that life is busy and hectic, but I'm so thankful that you take the time to be here. So So uh, for those who may not know you or may want to hear a little more about you, why don't you share who you are, what you do, and all of the good things? Yeah, thanks so much for having me. This is so fun. Um, You know, I have had the opportunity more recently to do a lot of podcast interviews, but very Mm -hmm. few people have I met in person. So it's like extra special (laughs) when it's, you know, you know the person on the other end. So, um, well, you did a great job introducing me. I mean, my name's Amy and I do a (laughs) lot, uh, I wear a lot of different hats, but, um, the primary, um, if I had to give like a bullet point list of my life, the primary things that, um, God has placed on my plate, the callings that he's placed on my life are that I'm an author and a Bible teacher. Um, I do online theological and Bible study education for women predominantly, but Christians seeking to grow in their faith. I do verse by verse Bible studies where we do exegetical um, Bible studies, which just means we go into the text, we go deep and we move slowly so that we don't miss anything in the text. Mm. So um, that's what a lot of my online life looks like. And then I run a small business called Tiny Theologians, which is making theology accessible for kids and parents. Um, And those are mostly like flashcards, books, that sort of educational materials Mm. for young ones. And then in my in-person life, my husband and I are church planters in Greenville, North Carolina. We're planting Trinity Church Greenville. We're about two years into the planting process. Process, wow. And we are raising a little 18 month old girl, mm. Emerson, and um, we just love our little life. So it's a busy life. We wear lots of hats, but <laughs> it is a sweet one. It is so fun to hear all of that and just to see the Lord really blessing every area. Like I was talking to a friend a little bit ago and I don't know, everyone seems to be busy, but it's just beautiful to see like God is answering. Like it's so evident that God has answered so many, I'm sure, prayers in your life and it might be all piling on mm-hmm. at once, but it's yeah. it's really sweet to see that. And it was so fun to see um, Tiny Theologians in person a couple of weeks ago to see that. And for me, I'm so excited to use that, you know in the next couple of years as we invite our little babe into the world soon. And so it was just so fun to see that brought to life and get to know you. Also, I love the Carolinas. I'm so jealous. Oh my gosh. They're a beautiful part of the country. So, totally so beautiful. pretty. My mom and mm-hmm. I did um, North and South, uh, actually almost two years ago now, we had a wedding down there and I'd never been, but you know, you hear all the hype about Charleston and um, you know, just that in South Carolina and then other parts in North. And I just, it lived up to the hype. So <laughs> it is so great. My, when we were moving here, my husband's from North Carolina, a little mm-hmm. bit South of where mm-hmm. we live now. We were living in Colorado at the time. So at the time I was like, it's going to take a world of convincing to convince <laughs> me to move anywhere else. Like, yeah. He, and he was like, it really is such a beautiful area of the country. And I had visited, but like we mostly spent time with family. We weren't like mm-hmm. traveling around, but how many places can you live in our country? Which there are other places, but it's like just a handful of places where you can live. We're like an hour from the beach and four yes. hours from the mountains. I mean, yes. that is just the real win for me. That's so cool. Honestly, like we kind of have the same thing over here in Oregon. Um, there's a lot of times where I'm so tempted yes. in the Midwest or the South, but just for other crazy reasons, um, because, you know, you know, the, the mid, I mean, the Northwest has quite the reputation, but we're, we're here. 
we're standing our ground. You That's know? right. That's right. <laughs> but like, honestly, like I tell everyone, like we are an hour away, hour and a half away from the mountains because Michael and I are big skiers, my husband and I. And then we're like an hour or two away from the beach. And then we have like sand dunes mm. if you like doing that. And so I'm like, well, like that's where it really, that's where Oregon really shines. And it's fun that's that, right. that North Carolina does too. Yeah, that's right. And you can't replicate it. Like no, you can't, no. I've lived other places and it's just so nice to have beach access. Like yes. I'm not even like, you know, people always ask beach or mountains and I would almost always say mountains, but when you have mountains and don't have access to, you at least want access to those, oh, yes. right? Like we yeah. want, we want to be close by. So right, right. we love it. We love Aww, it. I'm so glad to hear that. Okay. I need to, I need to come back and visit now because I'm missing it. Just talking about go. it. It's so fun. I'm trying to convince my husband. I'm like, we'll do Charleston. We'll do North Carolina. We'll oh do spots up gosh. there. And he's like, I don't know. Cause like, I always <laughs> just told, I just told him that my mom and I had so much fun doing the shopping and everything and, and, and the food and everything down there. And he's like, it sounds like a girl's trip. I'm like, we can make it fun. <laughs> oh, it's not though, because the food, I mean, this is like a foodie area of the country, especially yes. if you like barbecue, mm-hmm. which barbecue is like, I mean, that's like a guy food if ever there oh, was one. Yes. Come yes. on. Like, I, and if hey. you come to North and South Carolina, you're going to get three or four different kinds of barbecue within driving distance. So you could just tell him you're going on like a barbecue you know, barbecue food tour. Honestly. You know? And, you know, since we got married, I think it's a married thing. I'm sure maybe it happened to your husband before or maybe – you know, after you got married, but like Michael, he just got a new grill. He is, or like, it's like a pellet smoker. So like, he's all into it. My dad is a big griller. So like, I mean, I will definitely use that as an argument. Thank you. (laughs) There you go. There you go. I'm, I'm arming you for the North and South Carolina tour. I love it. I I don't need convincing. I'll just convince Michael with your points. That's amazing. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. So, so fun. Um, before we kick into our conversation, though, I, I I love just chatting, but I think it would be fun if you could share something that you're loving at the moment. I love to ask my friends here on the podcast, whether that's like, honestly, like the most random thing down to like, sometimes we've had like really deep theological things, but we've had really lighthearted things. So what is a favorite thing that you're loving yeah. at the moment and like making your life sweeter because we want to know? <laughs> yeah. Well, th- this is maybe a little bit random, but something that has been in my fridge all week this week, and I am kind of wondering if I will always have it around. Like wow. now that I have it again, I'm like, will this become a staple in our fridge? I'm not totally sure. But this week at least has been my go-to. I um, made like a ginger reduction with fresh ginger Ooh. and lemon juice and honey to add to tea. You know, we're kind of coming up on cold season. Yes. Um, our church yeah. just started having kids ministry again. So our daughter is going to the nursery and she's, you know, has zero immune system because she's been mm. not around other kids for like the yeah. first year of her life. So she's bringing home like these little cold bugs and stuff. So I will make for myself hot tea, hot ginger tea, and then I'll add this reduction to it. Ooh. And oh my goodness. I Now I like heat from ginger. Like I like the spice. Mm-hmm. So this is yeah. like a big bang of like the ginger burn in your throat wow. and like it opens up your sinuses. Like I think I will probably make it. It was so easy to make, wow. but I will probably yeah. make it and keep it in my fridge all cold and flu season. Like it's oh my, so yummy. Oh you gosh. want it when you're not sick, but yeah. when you are sick, I can't imagine being without it. Holy moly. This is like – I'm loving it. This is like rocking my world. I love that. I might have to text you or message you for that recipe and how to do it because that sounds incredible. Like honestly, and like my whole family loves like like you said, like the burn of the ginger and just – 
it's just that time of year where like I'm always a coffee person. There's a lot of coffee people, but like there's just something about this time of year that's like I want something more seasonal or different, right? That's totally right. And I like that I I like pursuing like natural immunity in yeah. general. Like yeah. even when we're not sick, I love the idea that this is like good for my body. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. um it's and it was honestly Tara, it was so easy to make. So I'm wow. not a great cook. Like I'm not, you know, like some people are great cooks. I'm yeah. like <laughs> I cook, but like I'm not great at it. You know, and so if I right. can do this, you could you can totally do it. Sounds amazing. I can't wait to try it, honestly. And hey, our bodies were like made to like I'm just I guess through this whole last couple of years this is kind of a small tangent, but just like I'm realizing how incredible God made the body to not necessarily sustain itself because we know the Lord sustains us, but he intricately wove together our immune immunity system and our immune system. He did. And so it's honestly amazing to see all these things that help a lot. And so honestly – Well, and food's a big part of that. Like yeah. I have learned a lot. I mean we we went through like a season last year or you know, 2019, I guess it was, where mm-hmm. I started having some food allergies, which was oh, kind yeah. of random. You know, like I hadn't had food allergies before, but I was pregnant for the first time. So we were like, is some of it pregnancy? Sure. But I just learned so much in the process about what we – how what we eat affects our bodies and how it affects like our overall health. And I just, the body is just bonkers cool. Like it's just so, so cool. So, and what we eat makes a big difference. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. Really cool. That was such a fun favorite. I I can't wait to try it. Seriously. It's just making me feel all cozy and stuff. I love it. Good. Good. That's exactly (laughs) how the tea feels. Yay. Oh, okay. That's my favorite. Oh my gosh. I love that. That was such a fun way to start the conversation. (laughs) It's so sweet. Um, I'm pumped though. As everyone, as you have read from the title of this episode, we're going to be like diving into it today. We're going to be talking about theology and specifically um, we're having Amy on here because she is not only a wealth of knowledge in general, but from her new book, we're going to be talking about why everyone is called to be a theologian and how, because it's actually attainable as 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 a believer. So first of all, I wanted to introduce, we talked about it a little bit earlier, that Amy is a new author. As we record this and as this episode comes out, it's just been a week or two. It hasn't been That's too long, right. but Fix Your Eyes is out in the world as you can grab it, you can buy it today. And so this book really, I'm going to let her explain more, but it's just a lot about theology and the study and knowledge of God and how it leads to something called doxology, which Amy will get into. But this book has really stood out to me and I've loved it because, you know, Amy, it really, you, you hit it on the nail, you hit it on the head. It really goes deep into our need for theology like we're talking about today, but also our need for our knowledge to turn into doxology. Again, I'm I'm kind of alluding to what that means, but I'm so excited about this book. So I would love if we could just take a few moments to talk about how this book really came to your heart and why this message is so important to you, but most of all, the Lord. Yeah. Well, I think so many of the things that you just mentioned, even if like a listener is listening and they're like, theology, doxology, that doesn't totally resonate with me. It feels a little foreign. Mm -hmm. All the things you just mentioned are things that we deal with every single day. And Mm -hmm. so I am a person who, you know, I I named a lot of the hats that I wear, but my day-to-day life, my nine to five, and sometimes my like around the clock in-person life is ministering the local church. And so Mm -hmm. we have like boots on the ground here. We're not um, like... 
I think sometimes when we have online ministries, it's easy to like, or when somebody has an online ministry, it's easy to presume that they like might be a little out of touch. But like my life is very much about like ministering to real people in real time, in a real church, in a real city. And um, that's like what, you know, occupies the majority of our day. And I think one of the things that I saw in our local church, I saw in my own heart, I saw in my own life, um, was this deep need to connect what I'm learning about God with my worship of Him. And those are the like common everyday words for theology and doxology. What we know about God is our theology, our study of the heart of God, mm-hmm. our knowledge of Him, our pursuit of knowing Him more. Um, that's the call in the life of every Christian. So we can say really simply, each and every one of us is called to be a theologian because each of us are called to know who God is and to know him more. That's our lifelong pursuit. Yes. But at the same time, yeah. we don't want to just have heads full of knowledge. We we can't just have a bunch of like trivia factoids mm-hmm. about God you know, stuffed into our brains. What we want is actually to know God and then live lives of responsive worship to who we know him to be and who he's revealed himself to be. Mm -hmm. And that life of worship um, is doxology. That's, you know, somebody who may not be familiar with the word doxology, we can break it down. Doxa is the Greek word for glory. Um, and ology is just the mm. um, suffix that we put on the word to mean the study of. So mm-hmm. it's the study of glory or how we worship, where we ascribe glory in our lives. Um, and even if somebody's not super familiar with doxology as a concept or a word, we're familiar with the doxology, the song, praise God from mm, whom all blessings yes. flow, praise mm-hmm. him, all creatures here below. Um, and that is a song that really embodies the life of worship. And so worship is not just something that happens in church when my eyes slip close and I raise my hands because I'm singing. Worship is actually the entire life of discipleship for the Christian. Mm-hmm. It's how we respond to God's word. It's how we obey him. It's how we um, foster our prayer lives and our relationship with God. It's how we interact with our spouse with reverence for God and humility before God, knowing that we're accountable for how we steward the things that he's entrusted to us. So all of life is worship and the whole life of the Christian is pursuing knowing God greater. And so knowing God more and more. And so all of these things are just what the Christian life is fundamentally about. It's really just about theology. Who is God and who has he declared himself to be? And what is he doing? How is he at work in the world? How is he at work in my life? And then responding to that knowledge, as I learn more about God, I want to respond to God Mm. in obedience and worship and awe and affection and um, just a life that is more and more centered on him. So that's why we called the book Fix Your Eyes, because these two concepts, theology and doxology, can be so abstract, like it can be kind of fuzzy for us. Mm -hmm. But all of a sudden, when we realize what they are, really they come into clarity because it's just Christ, like Christ, God himself is the focus of our theology. He's the focus of our worship. And as we fix our eyes on him, both of these concepts will come into greater focus for us Mm. in our everyday lives. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. 2024 has simultaneously felt like the longest and shortest year. Our little family has gone through so many highs and lows and joys and valleys. I mean, Hunter's growing up so crazy and our calendars are so crazy. And this is usually the time of year where so many of us give up on our New Year's resolutions. And while some of mine have not panned out, to be honest, there are some that have. I am personally really proud of my consistent workout routine this year. It has been something that has been so off and on since having Hunter. It's also given me so much mental clarity 
clarity to be physically active. I'm also really proud that I have instilled regular rhythms of rest in my life and not just rest when I'm burnt out, which was usually the norm. When life moves so quickly, let's just slow down and celebrate our little wins and move forward in faith and make adjustments for the rest of the year. This is your little mid-year check-in. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and set achievable goals for the rest of the year. So if you're thinking about giving therapy a try, try BetterHelp to keep you on track. It's entirely online, so it flows with your lifestyle, and you can select a therapist that fits your needs and beliefs, but also feel the freedom to switch at any time to find the best match. Therapy gives you the space to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and process it, which can be really hard on your own. So visit betterhelp.com slash truth talks today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash truth talks. Wow. Beautiful. I love that. And you know, these are concepts that, like you said, is fundamental. It's a cornerstone to the Christian life. But I mean, how sad is it in a way that these are concepts that are often lost on us like mm. i'm speaking from myself too like even just growing up in you know in in the church knowing the lord from a young age um i think no matter no matter your background with the lord or when you came to know the lord these things become lost on us we believe worship is one thing when it's actually like you said it's it's our lives and and so i think this is an important message and it's an important reminder because Knowing God isn't, you know, it overflows in into how we live, into how we worship. And so yeah. I'm so appreciative of the way that not only in this episode just now, but in the book that you broke it down, like again, theology, doxology, all of and some of the doctrine really of the word. And it was it was broken down in some understandable ways, which I think is is like the desire of your heart and I know of mine to say, yeah. hey, doctrine is deep and this theology is deep and doxology is deep. I said, but it's actually understandable if we just, you know, mm. we just move, take a little, like a few more steps into it, right? Dig a little yeah, deeper. And right. so, you know, like you just said, it can be really daunting, but you know, that was me a few years ago. And, you know, I had this idea that you know, studying the word and understanding God's word had to be secluded just to professors or Bible teachers or my pastors. Yeah. Like I would listen to my pastor in church and I'd be like, um, why am I not getting out of the Bible what he is? Like mm. there, there was just a lot of that disconnect and that, and that curiosity. But, sure. you know, your message and your main message is very clear that every believer, like you said, is called to be a theologian. And so yeah. I would love to hear a little bit about like your background. How did you come to learn theology? But then also a twofold question on the second half is how would you encourage the friend listening with us today, gathering here with us today, who desires to learn theology and and go a little deeper in their study of God and their knowledge of God and their worship of God, but feels intimidated? So that's kind of a twofold question. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's great. So my background is that I was raised in a Christian home and I kind of developed a young knack for studying theology. Like I really enjoyed reading, um, you know, faith, I would say faith-based books at that age. Mm -hmm. I, and then even like kind of starting to dabble in theology. Um, I was kind of the nerd of like my youth group friend group at church, like of all the friends, like I was the one that was kind of like serious about knowing things and that sort of thing. And so, mm -hmm. um, that's, that was a season of life where I didn't know that things like Bible school and seminary existed. I actually didn't know that pastors were vocational. Mm. Um, my dad is a dentist vocationally, but he preached at our church regularly. And so I just yeah. kind of thought that everybody was like that. 
when I found out that Bible school existed, I just kind of felt like there was no other path for me. I was like, this is everything I want to do. And so I went to Bible school. I went to Moody for undergrad and I studied biblical exposition, um, which is teaching the Bible, expository teaching of the Bible. Um, And I double majored in biblical studies and I got a minor in women's ministry. Mm. And when I graduated, I just knew I wasn't done learning. Like I, I really, I think if you should, if you're going to take any ministry position within a church, if you're going to pursue that kind of um, vocation, which I was, I just knew I needed to be older. I needed to be, mm. have more, um, not just more information, but more formation. And yeah. I just wasn't ready. So seminary was the next step for me. And so I went to Gordon-Conwell and I learned a lot of things there, um, both in Bible school and seminary that really served me well in my Bible study you know, I was the kid sitting and being like, how is my pastor getting this out of his Bible reading? Or, but the truth is, is that then in seminary and in Bible school, basically what they do is they hand you these tools, um, to do the work yourself. And the tools honestly are just not that hard. Um, Mm -hmm. it doesn't take going to Bible school. It doesn't take going to seminary, but any of us can really be students of the Bible and go deep in the word of God if we give it our attention and our time. Mm -hmm. And so when I graduated, I just became really passionate about being like, I got this toolbox full Mm -hmm. of all these tools and I'd love to share them with others who are feeling like, um, intimidated by Bible study or feeling like maybe Bible study isn't for them because they listen to somebody else talk about their time in the word and they're like, well, my time in the word doesn't mm. look like that. So that's kind of my background. So for the person who's listening and is like, Hey, theology is something that I'm like a little curious about, but it actually seems a little daunting. Like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to go. Mm. Well, part that's part of the reason I wrote this book that mm. I wrote Fix Your Eyes is because up until now, they're really there have been so many people that Austin, my husband, and I have wanted to give a good book recommendation mm. to somebody who says, hey, I'm, I just want to kind of start looking, learning about theology. But then when we looked at our bookshelves, and granted, we have some serious bookshelves from our <laughs> yes. time in seminary. Um, when we looked at our bookshelves, it was like the shortest systematic theology was like, mm. you know, 700 pages. Like they're just these huge resource books. And we read them in seminary, but like we read them over the course of like a year and that was like our full-time job was being a student yes. at the time. So you just can't hand that to the young, the mom of a young kid right. who's like, hey, I'm kind of curious about theology. And then you hand her a 700-page book and you're like, good luck. I mean, that just <laughs> right. is so – like that's just not practical for everyday life. So a part of why I wanted to write this book was to be that sort of introductory point for people. This is not going to answer – everybody's every single question everybody has about theology, but it's going to be a good introduction to theological conversation for people. So this book is structured like a systematic. So it goes through one theological topic at a time. Um, And so there's a chapter on the Trinity. There's Mm -hmm. a chapter on Jesus. There's a chapter on the Holy Spirit. There's a chapter on the Bible. There's a chapter on the church, all of these different theological topics, but it gives an overview of that topic and like a theological overview and we don't kind of get into the weeds of like, like when we talk about the church, we don't get into the weeds of like, should we baptize believers? Should we baptize infants? <laughs> We're not talking about some of these, like what I would call secondary doctrinal sure. issues. We're yeah. just giving the foundation. Like we're just mm. giving the biblical um, basis, like what Christians have agreed on throughout right. history. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for a person who's saying, Hey, I kind of want somewhere to start this book. Really? That's why I wrote it. I wrote it for you. If you're saying, mm, Hey, I, that. I, I'm like a little intimidated by it, but also I'm still curious. I want to like cheer you on and say, this book is going to really serve you while I pray. Um, Mm -hmm. But also for somebody who says, 
I want to like get to know my Bible better in particular, and that feels intimidating to me. I think the fact that you want to get to know your Bible better is like the first step, because I think the harder thing to overcome is when we're not very good students of the word and we're not motivated to change that. Like that motivation is going to serve you so well. So I think the best Bible tool you can take to Bible study is just curiosity. Mm. So as you're reading your Bible and there's like, huh, that is interesting. I wonder why it says it that way. Let that curiosity take you the next step. Like read your footnotes, see if there's a cross reference, you know, mentioned it there. There's like little numbers and little letters Mm, next to certain words in the text. And it could either show you another place in scripture that that concept is brought up or could show you a footnote that will explain something in greater detail. Like let your curiosity take you further um, because that's actually a lot of times just how pastors are like pastors are really only studying, you know, Mm -hmm. a handful of verses at a time. They're not reading like six or seven chapters every time they sit down to study and write a sermon. Usually they're looking at a couple of verses and they're kind of combing through it, like looking for those little curiosities and those interesting things. So for the person who says, I want to study the Bible differently, I want to study it more in depth. I want to study it better. That curiosity is going to be your best friend as Mm -hmm. you open your Bible the next time. I love that. I think we oversimplify it. And I'm so thankful that you shared that because honestly, I was thinking too, when you were talking about just that one of the greatest gifts and tools is curiosity is that it's so cool because when you have that curiosity, it's usually born out of, like you said, um, just, I'm going to say it again, curiosity or just a desire, right? To know more or this interest. And I think a lot of times that can lead and I'm going to say oftentimes, 99.9% of the time, that that like leads into like we we desire to know God's knowledge and then that leads into what we've been talking about, about worship of yeah. God and about a life transformed by the gospel. And so I'm really thankful for that because sometimes, you know, we overcomplicate it and we say, okay, I need this and I need this and I need that and that, which maybe these tools aren't necessarily bad, but to really lean into that curiosity and, and or yeah. desire. That's I think that's so, so encouraging. And it's even got a reminder for me in the moments when when I even have a hard time reading the word and getting into the yeah. word. So that's amazing. I'm gonna kind of we're kind of switch gears just for a moment because I wanted to make sure we touched on this. I know it's all in the book, but I wanted to share this in the conversation. You know, we you divine you define that doxology um, that I was alluding to earlier is just this idea of the study of God's glory or the study of God's worship and and a worship lifestyle. And, you know, it's unfortunately, like I'm speaking from my own heart too, it's very easy to become these robots necessarily, quote unquote, that have head knowledge of who God is, right? We know maybe the theology of God, but then when it comes to like actually living it out and worshiping and being genuine, um, you know, we have the Bible passages memorized, but maybe we can't do that follow through of actually worshiping and, and, you know, giving our life in worship. And so, I would love to kind of talk about just a little bit about how knowing God through theology inspires our worship of him. Like how does that kind of lead into each other and why Mm. is doxology so important? I mean, this is the basis of the book, but we often think worship is like defined or I mean secluded to, you know, one hour at church. So let's kind of dig into that. Yeah. Um, Well, like we said earlier, 
I mean, theology is just what we know and believe about God. And so I actually, I know earlier I said, like, that's the call in every Christian life. But I actually think to be, if we're being a little more frank, that's like the reality for every person. Mm. We already have a belief system about God in place. We already have things that we think about God before we even ever opened our Bibles. Like we have picked up from culture, from our families, from our um, tradition, We've picked up teachings about who God is. We have, even if we think that God is aloof or non-existent or distant or wants to be known, or if we think he doesn't want to be known, all of those things are theological thoughts. And so we all already are theologians. So the question for us is saying, well, does my theology, if I claim to be a Christian, do I actually have Christian theology? Because Christian Mm. theology should line up with scripture, right? Like does what I believe about who God is line up with what he himself has said about himself in his word? So that's like the task of theology, but it's really hard to learn anything about God without having some kind of a response to it. Um, Now, some topics are harder to immediately see the response um, like the Trinity, that's a tougher one. Like yeah. how does that actually change my daily life of discipleship? And we can get into that because that's what I get into in the second chapter of my book. I really think it does change a lot of things when we look at God triune, but yeah. like, for example, something that is so, um, simply true of God, the fact that we hold scripture in our hands tells us something about who God is. God is a God who speaks and a God who wants to be known. The fact that he has Mm. given us his word um, tells us that he's a communicative God who wants to make himself known. Well, when we stop and think about what that actually means, I mean, we know God is limitless. We know that he is much bigger than us. Um, We know that he's incomprehensible to us as limited, finite human creatures. So the fact that he wants to be known is pretty astonishing because we can stop and think if we stop and think about it, we realize there's no way that on our own we could know who he is or know about him or mm-hmm. we there would be no plan of salvation. And even if there was, it would be communicated to us unless he condescended to us and communicated it to us himself. He has to take that initiative. There's this big communication barrier between us and God and we mm-hmm. can't overcome it, but he did. Yeah. So the very fact that we hold our Bibles in our hands um, tells us something about who God is. It's a theological truth that God is a communicating God who has made himself known in his word. That's a theological statement, a theological mm-hmm. reality. And so that actually changes how we approach our Bibles. We actually don't want to be people who are like, oh, the Bible is just this chore. I need to read it because that's what good Christians do. Well, actually, we should all of a sudden look at our Bibles differently and say, God, who I have no, does like I have no, Um, right to know. I have no ability to know on my Mm, own has actually communicated to me in human language that I could know him and I could know everything I need to know about him to have a relationship with him. So all of a sudden it helps us study with eagerness. It helps us study Mm. with joy. It helps us to study with um, enthusiasm and with dedication because we're responding to the fact that God was the first communicator in our relationship with him. We don't come to the Bible being like, okay, I guess I should learn something about God. I wish he would speak speak to me, but like, I guess I should do my work of study. It's like, no, no, no. Mm. The fact that we hold our Bibles tells us that God took the first step in communicating himself to us. So that's just one example. There are thousands of ways that we could talk about God. They thousands of different theological concepts that are going to show up in our everyday life um, of discipleship and worship. 
Oh, that's so, so, so beautiful. I love the example too because, you know, like you cross that, like I love how you kind of dug into a little bit of like how the head knowledge goes into worship. But mm-hmm. I think you've really hit on some really important things about, I don't know, that's kind of, a, I don't know, people sometimes don't like the word used when it comes to Bible study, but the motivation really behind mm-hmm. why we read the Bible and just kind of looking past, like for some people, it's the drudgery of reading the Bible, but looking past that like temporary feeling and realizing, like you said, that God communicated first. He made the first yeah. move. And so when we think about it that way, it's like, okay, I know that. And then I know what God promises to give me when I spend time in the word and what yeah. God promises to show me about him. And so I think sometimes it's like, yeah, looking past those temporary feelings and realizing, you know, what he did for us. I think that's yeah. so, so important. I am, I'm just, I'm so encouraged myself and convicted about the way that I do approach theology in the Bible as well. So, so, so appreciate that. But mm-hmm. as um, I know we could talk all day about this and I, I think it's so encouraging and and you, Amy, have an amazing gift of communicating these hard things and in an understandable way. And I love that the book does that, which partly, I mean, we can't chat all day about it because we want people to read your book. <laughs> um, so, but as we close, I thought it would be really fun just to kind of just practically share anything that God has really taught you over your life about just any practical tips or encouragements that you would give to someone. I know we touched on it earlier about resources in the book, but any any encouragement or um, just something that you would send our listeners off into the world with to help them study and grow in worship, like anything that has really helped you, um, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. I think um, for people, I, I think a lot of times um, when we talk about why we read the word, um, I, I used to feel really stuck when somebody was like, then why do you read your Bible? And I felt like I had to give an yeah. answer that sort of showed that I wasn't being legalistic about it, but also mm. showed that I was dedicated to it. Like I felt really confused about what to say. But right. when we read our Bibles, the, the answer for every Christian is to know God more. Like we want to learn more about who he is and we mm-hmm. should never be embarrassed to say there are tons of things I don't know about God and I can yeah. continue learning as I study God's word. So I guess I'll share um, a couple of resources, but also, um, or like kind of some methods that I love when I open mm-hmm. scripture so that I can learn more about God. Um, but I also want to um, encourage listeners by saying there's a reason that scholars, when they approach scripture, they know that they're never um, going to come to the end, like they're never going to exhaust um, yes. scripture mm-hmm. of what, like of what they can know there. Like Um, I think it was John Calvin, but a theologian in the past used to say that scripture was um, deep enough that the greatest scholar will never plumb its depths, but safe Mm -hmm. enough for a child to play in its shores. So wherever you are, like if you are just kind of like waiting in for the first time, do it. Like you're never going to regret that. And if you're like a Bible student who takes this really seriously, don't ever think that you can claim expertise on who God is. Like keep studying God's word. It's Mm -hmm. going to surprise you. Um, no matter how long you study it, like you're going to continue being surprised. And that's a gift. That's a joy because, Mm -hmm. um, we can keep pursuing and, um, we're never going to run out of things that fascinate us about God. Um, so a couple of, um, resources, I guess I would say one thing that I have loved doing in this 
um, most recent season of my life. Like this, I'm just basically sharing what my quiet time looks like right now. Yes, so, I love it. <laughs> um, one of the things that I've wanted to grow in in the last couple of months is my prayer life. I feel like it's been like a muscle that I need to kind of strengthen. Yes, and yeah. I'm in a really busy season of life right now. And so I feel like I wake up with my to-do list on my mind. And so I go to my quiet time first thing in the morning. And I feel like my prayer time is like all about my to-do list. It's like, oh Lord, just please let these things go smoothly. Like sure. that would just be, you know, my sure. biggest prayers are like that my daughter takes a good nap so that I can get all these things done. And that's just <laughs> yeah. like, it's a great thing to pray, like, but it's not the biggest prayer I can pray. Yes. So mm-hmm. I started using the Valley of Vision, which is a book of Puritan prayers mm. to sort of structure my prayer time. So I start by reading a prayer that somebody else has written and put in this book called the Valley of Vision. And it just lifts my gaze. Like it lifts my eyes higher than my prayer life would otherwise be. Mm. And yes, I pray through all my practical daily things, but I also have am reminded to pray through things like, God, save people in our community who don't know you. God, would you push back calamity around the world and in our own home? Like, would you, um, you know, preserve us and keep us fixed on you and help us yield to the spirit? Like these bigger prayers, Mm -hmm. that's been a real blessing to me. And then as I'm studying scripture, it's really easy for me to like want to get into the footnotes. It's easy for me to want to get into commentaries, especially because (laughs) I have, when I say take your curiosity with you, I have fostered my curiosity and I have a ton of curiosity about God's word now. (laughs) But sometimes we need to like do that work on our own. So we're actually strengthening our own muscle, not just like letting somebody else feed us the answer. And that's a lot of times what commentaries are doing. So Mm -hmm. I have started um, going to like a Bible... A biblical text website, so something like Bible Gateway or Bible Hub, something where I can just look up a chapter of scripture mm-hmm. and it's just going to give me the text. No verse numbers, no footnotes, no nothing. It lets me turn all that off and I copy and paste it into a document and I print it off. And then I just grab my pens and highlighters mm-hmm. and I sit just with the biblical text and I can mark it up. And, you know, sometimes I feel gun shy about marking in my Bible because it's been my Bible since like middle school. So I feel nervous about like making notes that maybe are like questions. Like, I don't know what this word means. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want that in my Bible for, you know, the foreseeable future. So a piece of computer paper, I have a lot of confidence that I can just mark it up and really get familiar with it. And I can draw lines and um, like from one section to another section, say, are these connected? And that is one method that has really helped me fuel my curiosity. I need to start doing that. Like I've seen so many people share that online or, you know, just tips and resources. Like I know even Michaela, you know, our our mutual friend here at Chasing Mm -hmm. Sacred, she has her journals, but she also does a lot of it. She just prints it out and she marks it up. And I need to do that because, yeah, like even though I love writing through my Bibles, there are certain things that it's like, maybe, maybe not in that Bible or maybe right. I want to get messy and I want to like get into it. Um, and there right. might be, there might be things that I get wrong, you know, and then it's like, well, I'll work that out with the Lord. But I think that's important. Like I've just been learning that a lot because I do, I love commentaries. I have a stack of them or I just refer to a lot of them online, but it's, it's kind of like, I mean, I like to encourage people like there's amazing studies and there's amazing books, but to yeah. not rely on that. Right. Yeah. And so I'm, you know, it, sometimes I'm doing the same thing with commentaries. And so just to sit with it. And like you said, let that curiosity take you and let the Lord and the Holy Spirit do what he does best, which is illumine the word for us, which um, I'm so excited about that and about like trying that and doing that. And um, 
I think that's amazing, amazing resources to kind of take us and kind of like start the conversation and the excitement for um, studying theology and and yeah. just cultivating this life of doxology. So I'm so yeah. thankful for that. As as we close here, um, I'm just so I'm, I'm feeling so blessed about what God has has done through this conversation, what He's doing through you and through the book. And I know that people are listening and be like, okay. Let's go deeper. Let's do it. So I would love for you to share also where people can follow you, but most importantly, where they can grab this book, how they can get it in their hands now so that they can start start their journey with theology and doxology. Yeah, yeah well, you can um, find me online. I mean, you can find me at amygannett.com. You can find me on Instagram at amykategannett. You can find Tiny Theologians at Tiny Theologians on Instagram. And tinytheologians.shop. The book's URL is fixyouraisebook.com. And that's going to take you to my website. Um, the book can be purchased. I've got a million links on my landing page. Um, <laughs> so you can order them really wherever books are sold. You can find it um, online at Target and Barnes and & Noble and christianbook.com, Lifeway, Amazon, um, you name it. And basically you can find it there. So the book is available Um now and actually I'm doing something fun this Christmas season that people are like oh I know somebody who would love um, theology like who would love to read this resource it would be a great Christmas gift I'm doing personalized copies on my website um, this Christmas so if you drop a note in with your order I'll write it in people's books and ship it off to them for Christmas so um, if people are thinking ahead for the holidays because I know we all already are we're all like shipping is taking forever so we're all like you know it's October 13th and we're already starting our Christmas shopping but um, that'll be coming in November so I'm really excited about that I love that such a sweet touch and yes I think people are getting not like worried, but maybe a little bit, but just like maybe they're more conscious of of shipping this this season. So yeah. I think that's an amazing like honestly, I've like there's been so many amazing books that have come out and I'm like, this is the best book or this is the best gift I could give someone this year. It's <laughs> true. What a great way to like, you know, not just share God's word with somebody, but also say like, this could really feed their life. Yeah. I mean, like, we can give them a candle and they're going to enjoy it. And there's nothing wrong with candles. But also sometimes when we give them a resource, it, like, actually has the potential to do so much more. Right? Right. Right. Exactly. Something beautiful on the outside and even more beautiful on the inside. So oh, that's amazing. Thank you so, so much, Amy, for taking the time, for pouring out your heart and I'm just sharing such understandable wisdom from God's truth with us. I am blessed to know you, blessed to have you on here and so honored. So thank you so much. And thank you for Fix Your Eyes. Yes. Thanks for having me, Tara.